Christians or maybe some people uh, new coming to the church. Maybe they've been serving God a while, but I wanted to talk about some foundational stuff that we needed to know foundation-wise of being a Christian. We all, I, I mean, I've gotten stuff out of this and my eyes opened and I've been serving God for, shoot, since I was like eight or something. And uh, uh, so, you know, there's plenty, sometimes we need a refresher. Uh, to, to remind us of the things that we've done. And we've talked about praying. How many of you know we need to pray? Amen? We've talked about reading our Bibles. How many of you know we read our Bibles? Has anybody started reading? Don't raise your hand. Has anybody read your Bibles more since that lesson, knowing how important it is? See, here's the thing about all this stuff is I can stand up here and I can hoop and I can holler and I can spit and squall and, and all that stuff, but it don't make any difference until you apply it to your life. Amen? All it is is just me up here talking. When you fire <laughs> and yell it or whatever, when you apply it to your life, that is what makes the difference. Amen? You let God speak to you out of the message and you apply it to your life and then the change comes. Me preaching it don't make the change, even though I would like for it to. I would love to preach on giving and see people just automatically give more just because I preached it. Amen? But that's not how it works. You guys have to apply it to your life. That's when things change. You want to see God move better in your life, you have to apply the principles that God gives us. And that's what we have done over the past few weeks is gave you good foundational godly principles. How many of you remember the number one thing that we have to remember is everything is rooted through who? Jesus. Amen. We talked about entitlement. How many of you know we need uh, we need to realize that we are nothing without Jesus. We are not entitled to nothing. We talked about servanthood on Mother's Day. What better time to talk about being a servant on Mother's Day? We talked about having fellowship. We talked about letting your walk be your talk. We talked about and numerous things, numerous, uh, uh, all that, well, those things, it's like six, seven, eight, I had to write them down so I could remember them myself, uh, but uh, that the Lord has taught us. So today, we're going to learn here for just a little bit, I don't know if I'll get all through it, I hope that I do, but uh, I want to learn, I want to teach about something that's very special and dear to my heart. Uh, somebody told me here a while back. Uh, that that's what happens when you get a worship leader as a pastor, okay? I, I, I fully believe that I still have the calling of worship leader on my life, and we came from being worship leaders. So worship is very important to my life and to Charity's life. It is a very important uh, period. Uh, I've preached on worship before. Uh, you know, what we have got to watch out for is dictating what worship ought to look like. Right. Amen? And it's hard for me to say that, even though that I know it's true because I have my own envisionment of what I would like worship to be. Amen? As a pastor and as a vision of a church, I would love to see everybody in the sanctuary lifting their hands, everybody uh, uh, shouting out a woo every now and then, everybody clapping, see some people running the aisles a little bit. I would love that. Amen? Because I'm a charismatic type guy and high energy, and I would love to see that. I would love to see people jump up and down, every single person, including our kids, engaged actively in worship. I would love that. But is that really what true worship is? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. No. 
Is worship really what we call worship in church? You know, we get up here, we say, let's all stand and worship today. Is that really what worship is? Or is it a whole lot more? See, last week we talked about giving. And when you talk about giving, you automatically talk of, think about giving money. But giving is way much more. We are doing ourselves an injustice if we limit it to just the fact of giving. Right. Amen? Really, we need to give a lot more than our tithes. We need to give, amen, our tithes, amen, and then also giving to help the poor and giving to help other things along the way, sowing seeds. And so not just our tithes, but it's also my talents, my abilities, my knowledge. All of those things is part of giving. Well, worship is the same thing. It's not just that 30 or today, an hour or however long it was. Uh, that we spend up here singing. When we say worship in this modern culture uh, that we have, that's what we think of as that, but it's way much more than that. That is just a part and an element of it. Do we have to lift our hands in church? Now listen, this stuff is hard for me because I know, I know what I want. Amen? Can I take you to the Bible and say where it says to lift up, up your hands? Yes, I can. But does it say to lift up your hands in these four buildings? Does it actually say that? Does it say that you have to run the aisles, shout, scream, holler? Does it say you have to dim the lights and have fog machines and rock out? Does it say that we have to just sing hymns? Or does it say that we just have to sing modern worship courses? What is true worship? See, that's where we got to get to. Some of those things are just elements to, to express what true worship actually is. Right. Amen? Right. Me lifting my hands. See, here's the thing we got to remember. I can lift my hands and be hypocritical when I lift my hands. Amen? Well, Pastor Brad's going to keep telling me to lift my hands, so I need to lift my hands. And I can lift my hands without truly worshiping. Amen? I can sing a hymn and not truly worship, just like I can sing the newest, top-rated praise and worship song. I can sing either one of them not be truly worshiping. Amen? See, the fact is that we need to get past, and I'm telling you, it's hard for me to say this because I'm a pastor, and I love to see everybody actively engaged, but the fact of the matter is not whether they're being active, but the fact of whether they're truly worshiping God. And I believe if you truly worship God, somewhere along the way, there's going to be sometimes if you're truly letting God have everything in your life, and it's something that I'm still working through, I realize everybody has different personalities. They may not raise their hands. They may not hoop and holler. But, I mean, they can still be truly worshiping inside. Now, I think, I feel in my spirit that if I'm letting God have control of my mind, will, my emotions, my body, and all that, that I'm going to lift the hand up. Amen? I think that stuff is good. And I think the Bible tells us to lift up our hands. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Do you guys hear that? A new song. Right. I don't mean the old songs are bad, Miss Kay. Amen? You, you, 
He knew I was looking at you, didn't he? And then that don't mean old songs are bad, but the word does say sing it to the Lord a new song. But what matters the most, whether I'm jumping the aisles or whether I'm truly worshiping, it's the fact of whether I'm truly worshiping. And that stuff is fine as long as it is rooted and grounded in, in true worship. That's when it's okay. Listen, I can get up here and I can put on a show and I can I can run the pews and hopefully not fall and freak you guys out and you guys maybe think, oh, he's the greatest thing since last friend. He can walk on the pews. We ain't seen that. But I can do it and not truly be worshiping God and do it just for show. To hype up the crowd. There's too many worship leaders and pastors and it's so easy to get in that they just hype up the crowd and the people do it because people are hyping them up when the fact is and then if they're truly worshiping then maybe that worship will flow out and it be out of a more true heart. Then God will move and bless. Right. Yes. Church is full of Fruits and nuts a lot of times. Yep. Amen. That's true. So what if? So today I want us to have a better understanding of what worship actually is. Amen. Is it okay to lift our hands? I believe so. I believe it's okay to sing unto the Lord a new song. Is it okay maybe that you don't lift up your hands? I'm going to leave that between you and the good Lord. But the root of the fact is, are we truly worshiping? That's what it's rooted in. And every one of us, between us and the good Lord, can realize whether we're truly worshiping or not. Yes. Because if I'm lifting my hand just because Pastor Brad said, hey, lift my hands, I'm not doing nobody any good. Now, I think, I think sometimes we can do things out of obligation at first and then our heart follows a little later. Amen? But what would happen if we come into church with true worship on our hearts every day? I don't think I'm going to have to worry about a preacher saying, hey, everybody lift your hands because I'm going to want to lift up my hands and praise God. Maybe lifting up your hands in front of a bunch of people isn't the way that you worship God. I can take you to the scriptures that says lift up hands. It's in Psalms. Maybe it's not a commandment. But I feel that if God has complete control over my body, then my body is going to act out towards God. Does that make sense? So what is worship? To honor or show reverence. For as a divine being or supernatural power. To honor or show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power. It's a two-parter. It's got two things. Number two, to regard with great, there's some people taking notes, I want to give you time to take it. To regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. That's what true worship is. Worship is more than singing. Some people call the whole Sunday morning service worship. It's more than a service, amen? 
It's more than singing. It's more than preaching. It's more than coming and listening to preacher. See, worship is something that I do not only on Sunday mornings, but it's something that I do throughout the week. Amen. It, it, it's a lifestyle. It, worship is a lifestyle for me. I, it, during the day, I think how good God is. Amen. It is my it is my demeanor. Amen. That when I when I when I'm walking through this life, I walk as a child of God, not as a heathen. Except on Sunday mornings, then I look like a child of God. True worship means I am walking. The lifestyle outside of these walls, just like I am inside of the walls. Amen. Right. It is. It is my demeanor. My. It is what the the air around me. It is the 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 the. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of it. It's it's my bubble. My bubble around me. And that's that's is what I walk in. I walk in worship every day. That's what true worship is. Amen. That's that's how it needs to be. If you're not doing it, but just on Sunday, chances are it's not true worship because you think there's six other days of the week. That, that one day does not mean you're a true Christian because you serve God one day. Amen. That does not make you a Christian. Amen. If it, if we're going to go by majority, it would be four to three. Amen. Serving God four and three, but God wants you to serve Him every day of the week. How does your life look like out here? What does it look like? Do you use language that's not so great to use? Do you drink things that's not so great to, to drink? Amen? Oh, Pastor Brad, you're saying stuff may be wrong. Listen, that's between you and the Lord, but I do know it does nothing for your witness sake. Amen. And the Bible says to shun the very appearance of evil. Worship is honoring and showing reverence to God. It can be giving, singing, helping a friend, or even just listening. Do you realize every message that I have preached over the past four weeks? Is it by coincidence that worship is one of the last ones? I saved worship kind of to the last because I'll be honest, I preached on it and I'm passionate about it and I really didn't want to preach it ahead. But do you realize every message that I have preached over the past four weeks over being a servant, reading your Bible, praying, fellowship, all of it is a worshipful lifestyle. Yeah. I can stand up at the piano and I can play the oldest hymn or the newest worship song and still be a hypocrite. I want to ask you this question this morning. As you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4, how many of you have extravagant or great respect and honor and devotion for God? If you look throughout this past week, See, part of my job as a pastor is to challenge you. Is to challenge you. To urge you into the right direction. If you look throughout your week, can you say that you've had great respect for God? The world we're living in today, you can look at the sanctuaries before service a lot of times and see that the respect for God and the standard for God has lowered. You can look at the church facilities and the church buildings. You can look at you can look at the people's home and people's respect for God is not the way that it used to be. Now, does that mean you can't wear a hat in church and, and stuff like that? I tell my boys they can't do it unless it's like a youth service or something like that. I'm not saying that. It's a heart issue. It is a heart issue. It is a heart issue. 
Throughout this week, have you had extravagant or great respect? Not little. That's what worship is. Great respect. Extravagant respect. If you don't have that, then you're not worshiping God. That's kind of hits it right down where the rubber meets the road, right? John chapter 4, 21 through 24. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me. This is out of the New King James. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Spirit and in truth. Did you guys catch that? Spirit and in truth. Everybody say that. Spirit and in truth. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. What in the world are you talking about, Pastor Brad? Let's true worship. The woman, point number one, true worship. What is it? What is it? We've talked about it a little bit, but let's go in a little deeper. The woman was worried about where to worship. Okay, if you look back at verse 21, it says, Woman, believe me, the hour coming it is coming when you neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. She was worried about where to worship instead of worshiping. See, we get caught up in so much stuff. Listen, being a pastor just the short time that I have, it actually irritates me and frustrates me sometimes. The, the people's attitude about stuff, okay? Because they lose focus in the sight. I mean, I have to push and try uh, to keep my focus. But what's most important is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It don't matter if we have a fog machine going up there. There's reasons for that and reasons why we do that. But I don't have to have that for worship. True worship is not where it's at. I mean, it's at the house. It's at my job. It's in the car. It's in the shower. It's at my neighbor's house. Wow, he's drinking a beer. I can still truly worship my God. Because worship is not just standing in a service, singing and lifting my hands. Worship can be, I love you, brother. How are you, how are you doing today? How you been? Worship can be helping my, my elderly neighbor mow their yard. That's worship. That's true worship. She got it wrong. See, that was the problem a lot with these Pharisees. Amen. They went, they went, and they nitpicked it to death, amen, over what really did matter. And we do the same thing in the church nowadays. We nitpick the color of carpet and the color of walls and whether, who knows what. You guys know what I'm talking about, amen. Mm -hmm. What really matters. I was at a church one time. <coughs> We'd spent years, maybe, we'd dim the lights down at worship. And there's a reason why we do that, to help set the atmosphere and the tone. It helps reduce distractions, amen, to help people get zoned in to God and zoned in to worship. And, and maybe that don't do it for you, amen. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead of my sermon, but you guys, Lord bless me. There was a book Tom Rainer put out called Autopsy of a Deceased Church. There was 12 churches that died. Amen. And he did a what he called an auto, 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 autopsy. 
on them. You went in and tried to figure out why they died. And you know what one of those churches was? They become a preference-driven church. See, a lot of times we get true worship is not geared by preference. Right. True worship. Amen. I can worship. Last year we did it. We shut every stage light that we, uh, uh, colored light that we had. We shut the fog machine down. I brought my cheap piano that didn't even cost $500 from the house. Amen. We stood just me and Charity. Nothing against the praise team. They're awesome. But I wanted to get back to the basics. I don't have to have that stuff to worship. True worship is not in the lights. They are tools we talked about this. They are tools to reach a purpose and a goal. And you may not agree with that goal, but that's preference. That's preference. And if we become a preference here at church, we're very likely to become a dead church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have to work. True worship is worshiping in spirit and in truth. Of course, we can know what the truth. We got to be true. We got to be true. We can deceive ourselves. Amen. We can deceive ourselves. First John one eight says, "If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us." So easily we deceive ourselves. Amen. We go to church maybe one time a week, and we think, "Oh, we're fine and dandy." We don't touch our Bibles throughout the rest of the week. And we think we're Christians, and we never read God's Word. We come to church one time a week, and we think that's enough. We deceive ourselves. We don't spend any time in prayer. We go to work, and we tell everybody we're a Christian, but do they really see it? We deceive ourselves. We tell that this five or ten minute bedtime prayer, maybe, or on our way to work is enough. But is that really true worship? Remember the definition of true worship? Remember? It was extravagant and great respect. Five minutes a day does not seem very extravagant and great to me. Listen, if you don't like that definition, take it up with Webster, because that's what he's got. That's even that ain't even that ain't even Smith's Bible dictionary. That is your Webster's dictionary that they use in the schools, amen. In the worldly schools, extravagant and great respect. Take it up with him. True worship is going above and beyond. So many times we deceive ourselves. We and then we must worship him in spirit. Because God is a spirit. How do we do that? When I accept Jesus to live in my life, the Holy Spirit comes. And he lives right here in my heart. And the best way that I can explain that to worship him in the spirit is let the Holy Spirit that lives in my heart have control. If he says lift your hand, yeah. you better be lifting your hand. If he says run the house, you better be running the house. Yeah. Pastor Brad, I see some crazy things sometimes in church. You really think all that is spirit-led? Well, let me tell you something. You may think some things is just an emotional response. And yeah, maybe some of it is. But when the spirit gets a hold of my emotions, amen? Because, see, there's three levels. There's, there's the body, the soul, and the spirit. Our bodies, our flesh, 
Our soul is made up the mind, will, and emotions, our thinking, all that good stuff. And then there's the spirit. That's where the Holy Spirit comes and lives. Okay? When he touches my emotions, I'm going to feel something wrong. And that may result in me giving a dance in a little jig. That may result in me raising her hand. But the main thing is, it, it, may, it may result something different to Brother Tim. He may let, let out with him, woo! Or something like that. But that don't mean he's crazy or nothing. The main thing is, is that he's worshiping the, in the spirit. And it may not be the spirit actually led him to let out a woo, but he touched his emotions, and that's how he expresses excitement. What do we do at a football game when our football team scores a big goal? I'm like, woo, yeah! When my boy, when my boys played baseball and they'd hit a in, they'd hit a home run or, or infield home run, they come in. I was cheering louder than all of them because I had an emotional response. So when God gets a hold of my emotions, guess what? I need to cheer louder than you all because I would do it for the world, right? For my son. So is God not greater than to me? Than my own family? Has he not done more for me and shown me more love than my own family has done? So that's why we get hooping, hollering, the charismatic movement. But it's got to be done in spirit, the spirit touching it. If it's not in the spirit, then you're just waving your hands and just burning energy, making yourself look good. Then you can still, if you're not right with God, die and go to devil's hell. That's what true worship is. So how does it look like? What does it look like in our services? And, and, and maybe even in our lives. There's eight things. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hurry. <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of stuff here and it's good stuff. Hey man, you guys bear with me. Keep preaching. So we know we've got to worship in spirit and truth. And I've already talked about maybe some of this stuff. But eight things that true worship looks like. Worship is about giving and not getting. Please write that down. Soak that up so far up in your brain. that you Worship is about giving and not getting. Let me tell you where the problem lies. Now take this jacket off. Is that okay? Let me tell you where the problem lies. We come into church and we expect to get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pastor Brad, I thought the church was... Supposed to be there so I can, so I can uh, uh, receive help for my needs and things like that. Listen, the church is an opportunity for us to come together and fellowship together and to give unto the Lord. When we give, and God will meet our needs and we will give. But we should be coming to give. Amen. True worship is giving. We spent a whole sermon last week on giving. Amen. And I'm not talking about just money. Amen. We should come every service in the doors. What can I give to you, God? How many? Right. 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 I'll probably want to do this. How many can raise your hand and honestly say every time we come through the doors, we say, God, what can I give to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I can't even raise my hand there. But that's what true worship looks like. Yes. God. I, I prayed last night and this morning uh, one, I was like, God, help me to give the people what they need. Amen? 
And am I perfect at it all the time? No. We get caught up in the motions and in the routine. We come into church, practice, and learn the new songs and all that. We forget the fact we're supposed to give. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yeah, I give a message. I give that. But do I have that mentality as soon as I pull on the lot? Lord, what would you have me to give? See, that's what true worship is. Amen. With God, it's not ever, 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 ever. Everybody say it's not ever. It's not ever. Meant to be get, get, get. It's always give, give, give. That's the way it is. And when you give, then, then you get. Amen. When you give out of a good heart, amen, and God will press down. Remember last week? And it's shaking together. It makes room for you to give even more. And then God will bless more. Abundantly more. I could spend a whole sermon on that. Number two. Worship is about God and Jesus and not the American dream. Worship is about God and Jesus and not the American dream. So many churches nowadays, they want the American dream. They want to have the most money coming in. Have the nicest things. I'm not against having nice things. I'm not against that. Those are tools. But we got to watch a little step across into going after the American dream instead of going after God. Right. What happens? What happens when God tells you no about something, but the people that say yes about something? Mm. Or God wants you to go this route. And the people mm -hmm. says you better not go this route because it's too controversial. Come on, man. You might lose some tithe money if you right. go that route. Right. You That's might true. lose some offering if you go that route. Right. It's true. It's not about the American dream. That's right. As a matter of fact, listen, I'm always geared to grow in our church, but I have found I have found a lot of times there's something special about a small number. That's why small groups does so good. Because there's something special about a small number of people getting together and fellowshipping. We can come together and we can assemble in a bigger number. But we should be making disciples out there. Right. Amen? Small numbers. Small numbers. Small numbers. And when we go after the American dream, it's not to mention, we're not being very humble. It's all about materialism. And then God is never going to want you That's right. to put materialistic things over Him. That's true. Number three, true worship is not self-centered. True worship is not self-centered. As a matter of fact, self-centeredness and selfishness will kill true worship. You cannot, like we talked about, you cannot have true worship with give me, give me, give me. And that's being selfish and self-centered. God, what can you do for me today? It should not be like that. What can I do for you today? You sent your son to die on the cross. You lead me beside the still waters. You, you lead me to green pastures. The Lord, you are my shepherd. Not me and my shepherd. And I, amen. Yeah, I chose to serve you, but he wants to be Lord and number one. And that is a choice, yeah. But you will not reach true worship until you put him before yourself. Right. Bless him, man. True worship, as long as you've got a selfish mentality, you will never experience true worship. 
not complete, not complete, full and full in your life because you've got that selfishness in there. And true worship cannot be where the selfishness is. Number four, true, true ministry, uh, well, true worship will lead to true ministry and maturity. Uh-oh. Can we look at our church and, and tell whether there's true worship here or not? How can we tell? Well, are we mature? Is there fights over little small stuff that really don't matter? Are we winding around like little babies because we didn't get the way that we, the thing that we wanted to get or whatever? Are we mature? Because true worship leads to maturity. Yes, it does. And it leads to true ministry. Yes. Amen? Are we bringing up ministers here in this place? Are we? That, that's true ministers. Not fake stuff that go out there for the, because uh, and, and want the name. Listen, if you're going over pastor for the name, not, for one, it's the wrong reason. And I'm just going to tell you right now, <laughs> you might not end up with a good name if you're pastor. Because if you're doing things right, <laughs> you're going to have opposition. Yes. Amen. Right. Are we mature? I could preach another message of maturity. We see it so much in the church as a whole. Immature Christians. Mm -hmm. True worship is not choosing. It, it, true worship is choosing to worship and not just doing the motions. Choosing to worship. And not just going through the motions. Number six. True worship is not always pinned to a schedule. But letting God be in control. Isn't that amazing what God done this morning? Look, I'm running past time, I know. It's okay. But see, true worship is not limited to his That's right. True worship is what? Putting God first with extravagant honor. So if I have extravagant honor for him, if he says to go to 1 o'clock, then I need to go to 1 o'clock. That's right. I mean, if he would stay for 1 o'clock, don't raise your hand. We got places to go, Pastor. <laughs> Come on, that's good preaching. <laughs> Number seven, worship is a verb, and a verb requires action. Yes. Worship is a verb. It means you got to do something. Brother Tim, you got to do something. Amen. Amen. We can't lay around on the, on the couch. Come uh, on. Chuckle, but it's the truth. That's we true. can't lay around on the couch all day and not it's and expect us to worship God. Now, <laughs> we can't just lay around and watch TBN all day. Huh. Now listen, TBN's good. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not dishing that, but we can't just watch that and not ever do anything. we got to put our worship in motion. Worship in motion. That's good. i got to chuckle out of that. I thought that was good. You want to just came in? <laughs> True worship is defined by what God wants and not tradition. Oh, that's good. Hello, not tradition oh, and not preference. Yes. I had somebody come up to me recently. You guys may have heard. He said, said uh, Brother, uh, I think you guys need to sing more old hymns. And I'm like, well, 
hit her at the time. I didn't feel that it did. And I'm not saying, you know, but I was like, you have to talk to Charity about that. Because she picks the songs most of the time. But, but the fact of the matter is it don't matter what song that we sing. Right. Amen. See, you got people that love hymns that's so dead set against this area that we live in is so dead set against modern worship music and contemporary that's music. True. But yet they packed out the state, the, the place up there at the fairgrounds, and there's people that want to hear that. But see, if you're not careful, the people that want to hear the contemporary and the modern worship, they shut out all of the old hymns. Right. There is a place for both of them. There, yes. there, there, there's a place for all of them. As a matter of fact, it tells us in Colossians 3.16, it talks about songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. There's modern worship songs I can sing, but there's hymns we need to sing along the way, and spiritual songs. Amen. Songs to uplift and songs to tell about what God is doing. But see, so many times... True worship, amen, is not defined by tradition. We want to keep it the way that it's always been because that seemed to work 50 years ago. The way that it's always been isn't all the time working anymore, amen. I don't see the altar sparking, amen, a lot of times to... to the problem, that, the problem with the hymns is we've got so stuck that we've lost the true worship with those. Amen. Right. A lot of times we got to sing the newer songs because people's heard them so many times. Now we're to the place we can bring some of them back because people don't hear them so much anymore. People are getting so sad in worship songs. I mean, they forget to think about it and what they're really saying. Right. And what modern worship music is becoming the tradition. Nowadays, tradition, true worship is not limited by tradition. Amen? <laughs> hey, so, come on. <laughs> Blessing, Lord. That's good preaching. True worship is not limited in whether we have a Sunday morning and Sunday night service. True. Oh, oh, oh. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying we're going to change our services. But the people who have services, for one, I know, I, I'm just using this as a for instance. We're not changing our service time, so don't nobody, don't nobody get mad. But where in the Bible does it say you have to have two services on the Saturday? One's got to start at 6, and one's got to start at 10. you got to have Sunday school. Where, where does it say that? See, true worship, I can worship God whether it's one service a day, two services a day, or five services a day. There's a lady that, that I work with that they're, they're, uh, they're, they have like service like Friday, Saturday, and two services on Sunday. I'm thinking, my goodness. And they're growing. <laughs> by all means, it is not defined by preference. All of these lights that we have up here, that may not be your cup of tea. But what matters? What matters? Amen. The fact that I've got these nice paper lanterns hanging down off the ceiling. We dim the lights down. I can't see to get my cell phone around my first circuit. My kid can't. 
towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's a word that stands out to me, and it's press. It's press. How many of you can say that we press towards the mark? Or we, or do we walk towards the mark? Or do we take a step this Sunday, take a step this next Sunday, take a step this next Sunday? Paul said he pressed towards the mark. 